Your podcast starts after this quick message from Clear. The average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for allergens and germs to get in your nose and body and wreak havoc. That is, unless you regularly clean your nose and sinuses. So for healthy breathing and a strong body, use Clear Nasal Spray. Clear is a natural nasal spray featuring xylitol, an ingredient clinically proven to work against bacteria and effectively clean, not just rinse, your nose. Clear Nasal Spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. In fact, in a recent study, researchers found that xylitol nasal sprays like Clear are just as effective as leading medicated nasal sprays. For better breathing, get Clear today. That's spelled X-L-E-A-R. You can find it at all major retailers, CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens, Sprouts, Whole Foods, and everywhere else. This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hey, mindful listeners. Thank you so much once again for spending part of your day with us here on Mindful Medicine. Boy, if there is one thing that we talk about on this show, it is stress. Now, we've talked about stress in um, many different ways, even stress being a good thing. There's eustress, right? So you meaning like euphoria or euthyroid. It's good. Um, Maybe buying a new house or um, getting a new job or being in a relationship. Stressful, but great. But in our modern day, especially in a pandemic and with so many things going on with the State of the Union, there are many different multiple stressors that folks are handling from the inside out and the upside down and you name it. Um, And I think it's really important that we talk about being able to de-stress in a holistic way. And I have a PhD, Dr. Chris Mazinek here to help us do that. Dr. Mazinek, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So yeah, it's Masinek, but I always pronounce it wrong. So Chris is all just fine by me for the rest of the show. (laughs) Okay. And you can call me Holly. And I actually wrote it down how I was going to say it. And still. All right. Well, that's the that's the humility and the humanness of it all. So I appreciate your correction. And if you say it wrong, um, I think I'm in good company. How about that? Yeah, sounds great. You're so beyond the chief. You are the chief clinical officer for something called Vita Health, and we're going to get into that because I think it's going to be a really helpful tool and platform for our listeners. But tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get to this place where you really look at the whole person when it comes to health, wellness, and de-stressing? Sure. Yeah. So formally by training, I'm a clinical psychologist and a registered dietitian as well as a certified diabetes educator. And that's sort of the credentials that I put in place way back when Uh, because my whole life, starting at a very young age, I was watching my mother struggle with her weight and, you know, came to learn uh, over the years that it was type 2 diabetes that made it so tough. And back in the 1990s, I'm dating myself here, but back in the 90s, people didn't even have that on their radar. There wasn't an obesity epidemic yet. It was uh, a tough time. Nobody actually focused on diabetes and obesity as an epidemic. Uh, so I went to medical school for about a semester before I realized, you know, medicine isn't going to fix this problem. It's going to be psychology uh. and nutritional biochemistry. Yeah. So I sort of had this, you know, epiphany and said, all right, got to drop out of medical school because that's not going to help everybody who's about to, you know, go down the same road my mother uh, was going down. And, you know, myself as a teenager was going down as well. And uh, started just studying nutritional biochemistry at, at Tufts and really took off from there and went into clinical psychology afterwards because it's all about behavior change, right? 
it's very simply said, you know, it's often sound, it sounds trite, but it's the, the, how you actually change a behavior, right. And how you actually help somebody to deal with something that's a long-term condition, right. Is in the mind, right. People know what to do 99 out of a hundred times. People know what to eat. They know how to live their life, like in theory, but actually applying it, that's, that's the difficult challenge that nine out of 10 people just can't get over that hump. So that's what I've devoted my whole life towards. And, uh, and it's, it's just also really important for this show because we're talking about stress in the mind body connection and it, it's both right. When it comes to obesity, diabetes, it, there is a psychological component and there is a physiological component and they can't be broken apart. They're tied intimately together. Yeah. I mean, that's, you made such great points and um, it, it was an interesting pivot for you going to medical school for a semester and going and, and having that insight. Um, and certainly we love folks that, you know, followed through with medical school and they can be there in a very reductionistic way and help where it's needed. Meaning, um, you know, I think there's a place for all systems of medicine, but I think when you're talking about these chronic conditions like diabetes, um, we look at causative, right? And curative, how did they get there? And what is it going to take to reverse these things? And, and you're right. Um, I was just on a webinar, participated on a webinar that we talked about goal setting and, you know, the, my co-participant <clears throat> had struggled with her weight. And one of the big points that she made at the top of our webinar is, you know, goals are one thing. And of course, there's the acronym of SMART where they're specific and measurable and attainable and, you know, reachable or um, reasonable and then time-based. But it, it's that deep, everlasting behavioral change that will really help you change your life. You can get to a goal and lose a couple pounds before your wedding or, you know, high school reunion or uh, vacation or what have you. But what are these deeper changes that need to be made? And you're right, it's all in the mind. So great topic for mindful medicine. So I really appreciate you being here because I think that I've seen people struggle so much um, with these chronic conditions. And when this pandemic of uh, COVID-19 happened, um, I read that only 12% of the population in the United States doesn't, okay, doesn't have a metabolic condition like diabetes. Mm -hmm. And in theory, and we're still learning a lot about this virus, that is probably one of the things that gets folk, folks in trouble from an immune perspective because they've already got an inflammatory pathway sort of for the image on fire. And um, this virus seems to kind of exacerbate that and that's where the lungs get involved, et cetera. So I think it's really important to address this. Yeah, there's no question in my mind right now, uh, we're, we're dealing with diabetes and we're also dealing with anxiety and depression uh, and obesity in mass, like we've never dealt with before. And right now with Advita, where uh, essentially we're dealing with chronic conditions, we call ourselves a polychronic platform. What we're talking about is we're talking about addressing both mental health and physical health. And what COVID has unfortunately brought to light is a lot of anxiety across the whole entire country. Uh, but also for those folks with diabetes, asthma, any chronic condition, right? They're most vulnerable, which is making their anxiety even worse, right? So how do you treat both the mental and physical at the same time, right? The way the traditional medical establishment healthcare system is set up is that you usually can't, right? Sometimes you can go to a great place like the Mayo Clinic and, 
you know, and you can get integrated care, right? You can get your psychologist helping you with your anxiety uh, the same week. You can get your endocrinologist helping you with your diabetes, right? And that's that's the platform in a brick and mortar space that can really make a difference. But that's that's really hard to do in a brick and mortar platform. But with COVID, you, you can't just go to the brick and mortar hospital and people aren't going to the brick and mortar hospital systems and healthcare systems because they're afraid of getting COVID, which means they're at home. So it's right now, it's like, okay, so what do you do? Well, the virtual platform that Vita is, right, we're a virtual platform, it, it essentially allows all these folks to get the treatment they need for the chronic conditions that they're going through, whether mental or physical. Uh, but helping them is really novel for many folks, especially the Medicare population, because they haven't been on Zoom they haven't been able to do the virtual stuff like the younger millennials have. You know, they're, they're definitely present, don't get me wrong, but they haven't grown up with it from, you know, the time they were two years old. So the, the blessing of that COVID is, is it's forced us as a country to go virtual, right? And to put us into a space where, you know, our meetings, our webinars, you name it, we're doing everything virtually at this point. And uh, whether we like it or not, that has allowed us to deliver better care, quicker integrated care than we were able to a year or two because the patient is more up to speed and more willing to do that. So we're able to help even more people right now, which is, which is great. Uh, but it's really difficult. That's wonderful. Because, yeah, it's wonderful. It's, it's great. And I won't even say but. I'll just say it's wonderful. <laughs> but there are some difficulties, I can imagine. I mean, you know, I think we're always, uh, all of us are looking for the silver linings in this particular time. Uh, so I bet there's a but there and we'll, we can get into it. But, you know, <clears throat> I want to talk more about Vito, sort of like the origin of the name, how it was. And, and, and we'll talk more about it as far as how it can be useful to my listeners and folks out there that are struggle, but, struggling. But you, um, you mentioned a point about having a chronic disease, which, you know, creates vulnerability in folks anyway, and fear and anxiety. And then that kind of leads to a vicious cycle about the whole thing, right? And the other thing I've, I've seen about these chronic conditions, obesity you mentioned, is that if somebody all of a sudden says, okay, I want to get my blood pressure under control, or I want to get my, uh, my lipid numbers, my, my cholesterol numbers, you know, in that normal safe range, or I want to decrease my weight so I can subsequently, you know, hopefully eliminate maybe type 2 diabetes. And they don't have the, the tools to go into that behavioral change and they, they, they wake up and are like, I want to do this. And they start maybe Monday. And by Wednesday, all of a sudden, you know, the anxiety is there. Uh, who knows what happens? A job was lost. Um, and then they, you know, and then they don't reach the goal that they had in their mind, right? Then it it, mm -hmm. it spurs on yet another vicious cycle, which is engaging, in my opinion, in behaviors that got them there in the first place, whether it's overeating, lack of exercise, um, drinking, uh, you know, managing their anxiety in ways that in the, in, the, in the short term might numb a little bit, but in the long term is doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. That That's exactly the cycle that people get engaged in. It starts off with either depression or anxiety, and it could be at the clinical level with the diagnosis. It could be subclinical, which is most of us right now in the United States, you know, dealing with some sort of stress, right? And when we get in that stress mindset, right, we become short-term focused. 
right? That's what anxiety drives us to. We become just get through the day, get through the situation, get away from that tiger, right? That's what it's made for evolutionarily wise. And unfortunately, that short-term vision is very, very, you know, myopic and doesn't allow us to see our long-term goals. We sort of forget about them. And we also have another thing going on is that we feel bad. We have negative emotion. And uh, yes, it sounds simple, but we hate negative emotion. We want to get rid of it as fast right. as possible. And, you know, in today's <laughs> and we, society, and, and, and right, a lot of people we, have a difficult time. Yeah, a lot of people have a difficult time tolerating negative emotions and like, like get, yes, yeah. you're set, like just get, get away from it as soon as possible. That's right. Yeah. And we have plenty, plenty of available resources, right? We have food, sex, drugs, alcohol, shopping, gambling, right? Every single one <laughs> of those things, you know, depending on which is your, you know, your, your, your choice, your cocktail of choice, each one of those things is going to raise your dopamine levels very quickly, make you feel better for a few minutes, maybe, you know, a little longer if you're lucky, uh, but has long-term implications. And the only socially acceptable one that essentially won't get you fired from your job if you choose it as your coping mechanism is eating, right? So food has become the drug of choice for giving us dopamine. When we have negative emotion, right, we can for 99 cents, you know, within just a few seconds, get the food we need, food we want, and gives us dopamine. And as soon as you get that dopamine, right, it essentially creates a cycle of we want to do it again, and we want to do it again, and we want to do it again. And we promise ourselves, oh, I'll be better tomorrow, right? Which gets rid of our guilt. And, you know, essentially we, we get into this vicious cycle where we do that more days than we don't. And the chronic condition becomes worse. Our blood sugars become more out of control if it's diabetes. Uh, and it becomes harder to rein in over time. And we're habitualized to it, right? So how do you break out of that cycle? Like, that's, that's the key. It's, 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 we know how to break out of the cycle, right? It's, it's therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy being the fastest way to do it, whether it's formal cognitive behavioral therapy with a therapist or it could be cognitive behavioral therapy techniques that are embedded in a great application or CBT principles based in, you know, coaching platforms, along with other modalities of behavior change too. But CBT, I like to lean on because that's my training uh, because it's the fastest and has the most studies behind it leading to, to the greatest changes. And it addresses both the thought process as well as the behaviors uh, in when it comes to being able to help somebody with their, with their mental and physical health. Yeah. So listener CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, let's talk about the platform more. So www.vida.com for my listeners. And then what's the origin of the name? I'm always fascinated about how folks pick names for things like this. <laughs> you know, if I had come up with it, I could give you a whole entire story. So our founder, Stephanie Telenius, she's a wonderful person. About six years ago, she was at Google and uh, she, she, her dad was dealing with uh, polychronic conditions in the form of diabetes, obesity, uh, mild depression. And she essentially said, hey, I got to I got to do something about this. And the healthcare system at that time wasn't even close. Uh, but, you know, she was at Google. So you can imagine how deep her technological roots are. Uh, she said, you know, I want to create a platform to do this. And of course, you know, we think of, you know, she's in San Francisco, Silicon Valley. That's where the company was founded. And, you know, there is the word Vita life. Right. It's it's all encompassing. There's no question about it. And I, Stephanie would do such a better job of describing why she came up with the origin of this name, but it's really easy to think about, right? So if you just put it into one person, they have one life and you can't separate it, right? That's the foundation of Vita is that it's, we're dealing with all the conditions, right? We weren't 
built with, oh, you have one condition and we're going to treat it. Like you have diabetes, we're treating it, right? She built it, we're treating the whole entire person. That's the design of the platform so that, you know, we have you know, multiple, multiple treatment modalities that we use, mental and physical, right? Lifestyle, chronic conditions, mental health, and it's able to be integrated. So we have different providers on our team. So we have registered dietitians, we have therapists, we have health coaches, we have care navigators. And what that team does is integrate the care so that a person is getting all that they need under one roof in terms of being able to be helped for their chronic conditions, right? So it's one life, one platform, and it's all encompassing for their chronic conditions versus having to get shuttled around or go from one app to another app or one provider to another provider. It's all in one place. <clears throat> That's great. Um, it, it fascinates me because, you know, just listening to you talk, Chris, um, I, and my listeners are probably going to roll their eyes right now at me just because uh, I'm going to self-reference as being a naturopathic doctor licensed to practice primary care here in California. But for me, same thing, right? As an individual, um, I want to be able to treat the whole person. And anytime I look at a clinical condition, especially a chronic clinical condition that comes into my office, Certainly understanding the pathophysiology behind it, understanding the disease progression, very, very important stuff, right? You learn that taking your biomedical sciences and um, pathology and all of those classes that you have this didactic learning process behind and you circle the right answer and you get out there. But the art of medicine when it comes to treating the whole person is understanding, you know, and truly identifying and treating the cause, right? So we can deal with the diagnosis as you have them listed here at onvita.com, you know, through diabetes and high blood pressure, healthy cholesterol. Well, actually, you, you kind of frame them in a way that's management of diabetes and healthy blood pressure and healthy cholesterol and diabetes prevention, which I love. And of course, through lifestyle things like eating better and exercise and sleeping better and weight loss. So... I would say if I, um, before understanding, as you said, everything is almost, almost everything is virtual now, instead of going from app to app here and tracking your water here and tracking your calories and macros here and getting under understanding your sleep wake cycle here, this is, um, almost like a, I treat the whole person app for everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, and I want to make sure that it's the app that captures all the tools and the content that you would essentially want if you're going to go and you're going to go and say, I'm going to work on a behavior. Uh, I'm going to work on a condition. I'm going to improve my life. All the tools are in there, but at the center of our platform is always the human connection, right? So we are, and I am firm believer that a provider is the key to being able to help a person. Some people need a lot of help from that provider, Right. Some people just need a little bit of help from a provider. But having that human connection, that's the best predictor of long term behavior change for a chronic condition. In, you know, in therapy, we call it the therapeutic alliance. If you like your provider and you feel connected and they're going to be that you feel that they're going to support you and they're essentially going to be in your court. Right. That they've got your back. That's the best predictor of behavior change, especially mental health uh, outcomes. So that therapeutic alliance is something we test for in the beginning. We make sure it exists. If a person doesn't have it with their provider, we offer them to switch to provider. And you also picked up on something really nuanced there, Holly. Like the language we use 
in our app is cognitive behavioral therapy oriented. And what I mean by that, it's the whole goal of CBT is to be able to make the person their own provider over time, right? It is not a pedestal where we say, hey, do this, do that. This is how you should behave because that doesn't work in chronic conditions. It might work for a short-term disease where, you know, you need to take a medicine because you have to overcome something for a few weeks, months, but it does not work for chronic conditions. So the, the power needs to be transferred over time to a patient so that they're owned, that they're their own provider. So all of our language is very empowering versus didactic. You have to do this. You must, you need to. We steer away from that because it turns people off uh, as if we're the authority. And when in fact, you know, we want them to trust in us and align with us because that's key. But we also want them to know that this is a team effort right from the get go because that's essential. Yeah. And it sounds like a team effort and a partnership effort. And, you know, the things that one of the things that I've always said and believe and also live is that if you have that therapeutic alliance and you have a good therapeutic relationship with somebody that you have contact with, it helps you have more positive and consistent contact with yourself. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. You can, you know, mm-hmm. start out with somebody who's vulnerable, who's in need, partner up with them, but slowly but surely uh, bring them back to themselves and empower them to take hold of the reins. So this journey is theirs. Really well said. Yeah, that's exactly the principle of CBT. That, so that's the best one we have. That's awesome. Well, okay, I'm going to try this one more time as we're signing off here. I'm going to say your last name, <laughs> Dr. Chris <laughs> Mazanek. Yeah, did I do great. it? Perfect. Yeah, thank yes. you, Holly. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So, really, really, really important work. And for listeners, listen, I want to say it one more time. Um, if you're struggling chronic condition that is, you know, probably root based in more of a mental health condition, we can, you can have it all in one place and that personal contact as well. www.vita.com. Um, please stay safe and stay sane. Dr. Chris, thank you so much for being with us today. And folks, for thank you for listening and being here. And we're going to see you next time.